0: Welcome to the Anderson Business Advisors podcast, the nationally recognized preferred provider for asset protection and tax planning in the nation. This show is for real estate investors looking to protect their assets, save on taxes, and build their wealth with Clint Coons. Clint is an attorney, author, avid real estate investor, and featured instructor at Anderson's tax and asset protection events held throughout the country. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, it's Clint Hughes here with Anderson Business Advisors. And in this episode, I'm bringing someone on that I've been following for several years. And I've been trying to get him on the show because I know how much information he can deliver. I mean, if you've just been to his YouTube channel, you'll know what I'm talking about. That's when I started following him because I was interested in wholesaling. And I started following, I like to follow people who actually do the same thing that I do. They deliver on content. I mean, they don't hold anything back. And Max Maxwell, he is the real deal here when it comes to wholesaling. In fact, I've actually purchased, my partner and I have purchased several properties from him. He's he's from an area in which I do, I'm heavily invested and you've heard me talk about it before in Winston-Salem. This is the guy that knows the area and it's such a pleasure to have him on. Max, thanks for being
1: here. Clint, thanks for having me, and, and I'm a big fan of your work, too, because as I get bigger and bigger in business in itself, I use a lot of the information that you put out to make sure I'm set up correctly.
0: Yeah, you know, like I said, that's important, but before you get to using my services, people have to go through what you've been through, you know, yeah. and, and start learning how to invest, and for for getting started, and, and what really um, made this kind of the, all tie together for me today to, to do this show with you as I was in the gym, one of my workout buddies, he is a, uh, I guess, semi-pro ex-basketball player. And he just started following me on YouTube. And he said, he didn't know I was on there because I never told him, uh, <laughs> we just lift weights together. And he said, man, you, you got to have money to make money. And I said, you're so wrong. You got to catch the episode that I'm putting together today. And And your life story is really about that, is it not?
1: you know, I've done so much, you know, I've had a lot of good failures. And I don't know if people can say that, like, in the sense, they think every failure is something bad. I've had a lot of good failures that led to the point and the time where I was ready to absorb what real estate was going to give me. And, you know, I enjoyed every step of it, step of the way from barely graduating high school to going into the military and all that stuff like that. It just, I just had fun my whole life within my failures
0: but but that concept that you know to to get involved in real estate mm-hmm. that you have to have it i, I don't think that, that's the case i mean you are you've done it for yourself and so many other people that follow you, you've shown them how they can build wealth through real estate and it does, you don't need a ton of
1: cash to do it no and you know what one thing i tell people why i love wholesaling no matter what part of real estate you're going to get into from doing single family homes all the way to building high rises. The idea is learning how to identify a deal. And you're going to need that on any aspect of real estate that you go into. But here's the great thing. If you learn how to identify a deal, a good deal never searches for money. Money always searches for a good deal. And so if you can possess and identify a good deal, you don't never really have to have money. It's a skill set. It's becoming a nerd about the area. The reason why you and your partner buy for me in Winston-Salem because we just know the area and you guys trust in that. And there you go. It produces results. So for somebody
0: who's watching, you know, they're thinking about getting started and, and, and becoming a wholesaler. What
1: are some of the tips you would recommend that they should be focusing on right away? You know, one thing is you got to understand wholesaling is, is kind of like the uh, a lot of people like to say, like it's the bottom of real estate investing, which I don't believe. So I think it's the foundation is the, is the correct word. And just know that what you may have when you get when you get into learning about wholesaling, whether you're watching YouTube, podcasts, whatever, whatever, however you find your obsession, understand that the skill you're about to acquire is going to take a certain amount of obsession to be able to understand it correctly. And things that you may have looked at in the past as an eyesore, you're now going to be seeing as an opportunity. Because in the business of wholesaling, what we do is we solve problems. We solve problems for people that typically don't fit in the box that society has created. It's like... They, they inherit a home that they live halfway across the country and it's in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. They now live in Denver and they have no plans of ever coming back to grandma's house. And it's, by the way, it's three years behind on taxes, nor do they have the money to fix the, the roof. And so that's when they want to sell it and as a condition to somebody who either is going to flip it themselves or someone like myself in my early days who would find it and hand it to someone like Clinton, his partner and they fix it up and they make it into a rental property. So how do you identify those? Because in this market,
0: you know, where it's hot, you would think that there wouldn't be any wholesale opportunities there because all you do is throw in the MLS and the thing's going to sell in 45 days or less, and you're going to get top
1: dollar. Well, see, when they talk about market trends, they're only talking about the 90 to 95% of homes that sell the traditional way. They're not talking about the 5% of homes that we deal with on a daily basis. And so nobody, no, no average real estate agent or realtor wants to list a home with a hole in the roof, a bad, you know, or, or, you know, whatever the problem may be, they have been taught as real estate agents to list homes that are nice and pretty and solve the problem. So whether this market is hot or this market is cold, it doesn't matter. And it's real simple to identify something, you know, one rule that I have is I never buy anything that's for sale. And because, because we're, we, we solve problems and if somebody has found a real estate agent to work with and they, a real estate agent has found a person to work with, that's probably their highest and best use of whatever they're trying to get to. And the MLS is a great tool for agents to be able to show, showcase their properties to other buyers and sellers. And so I can't solve that problem. But if you're in a tough situation, and, and I'll, I'll give you an example. My, I'll, I'll break down my first deal. My first deal, you know, I was, how I got into the business is I had a business fail. And at 30 years old, I had to move back home with my mother. And I had left at 17 to the United States Air Force. So at this point I've been gone home for a long time. So at this, you know, in life you're thinking, I need to have myself together by 30. That's kind of this number that I think most people in their mind make up. And it was the complete opposite for me. I, I was moving back home with my mom. And so I got, I got obsessed. I found videos on YouTube, podcasts, and the first thing I can remember standing out was driving for dollars. And it sounds, it sounds simple, but kind of like that picture behind you, that was what my gas tank was on, literally. And I had no money. It was on E. And mm-hmm. so I overdraft one of my debit cards in order to put gas in my car to go do to, to, to this driving for dollars thing that i seen online. And so I started to identify properties that I used to drive by. It's the house on the corner with the tall bushes and over overgrown grass and the trees dropping down on the roof. That's when you start to see opportunities for something that used to look like an eyesore. And so I I went to the old neighborhood I grew up in on the same street I grew up on, and I went and I, I drove on this and I found this house on the corner. Literally, it's exactly what I described. It's in the middle of summer, but well, it's getting towards the end of summer, like around this time, um, almost five six years ago, and I see overgrown grass, overgrown bushes. And the trees are just, and I'm just like, this is it. This is exactly what they've been saying. And so I finally get a hold of this person. And within seven days, I got a signed contract and it's assigned and I make $14,000. Now this house had tenants that moved out. It was in bad shape. I mean, you just can name everything that you think was wrong. It was not a candidate for the MLS. And there's still properties like that today. I think if the statistic says there, I think there's between 12 and 15 million vacant homes in America. I mean, wow. I think there, there's enough. I mean, yeah. that, those are, those are your, those are your
0: opportunities right there. So I think one of the things that I heard in what you were describing too, is there was a change in mindset. Cause how many times have you driven by that house before and you never
1: plenty it's on the well, way yeah. to the basketball court. Yeah. And so you, I've never paid attention to it. And I, and so what I talked about sometimes that I used to delete my opportunities. And then when you have that mindset change, and you start to see them, you start to see more opportunities than you ever seen. It's like, Clint, you ever buy a new car and you think it's the best thing ever, and as soon as you pull off the lot, you see three of them pass by you. Then you go to the gas station, it's two parked at the pumps. It's like, wait, I thought I was the only one that had this right now. Yeah. And so that's like a, that's like being able to see your opportunity. And when I was able to see my opportunity, my complete life has changed to living in my mother's house now. To Now, I have 20 something employees. I have an 8,000 square foot office. I own millions of dollars in real estate and I control even more than that. And now I'm working on my first large development project all within the last five, six years.
0: So, when you're looking at this or you talk about this mindset change, how does an individual experience that and go through it? I mean, does it take education, going to your YouTube, watching those countless videos you have that are phenomenal? or going to your website, you know, therealmaxmaxwell.com, what is it for,
1: for someone? First, it's going to be a thing that a person has to accept in herself, And say, like, I want to change. Mm-hmm. And now you need to introduce the complete opposite thoughts of what you've always had previous. And so in order to change, you need a challenge. And so you have to challenge your mind of what it used to think on a regular, w- the regular way. And you got to challenge everything. And so if you start to challenge these things, you start to change and you'll start to accept these new normals or start to question why you do things a certain way. And then next thing you know, your your mind starts to change and then you need to hang around people who are where you want to be. And I think that's a big part of it too. And so you got to break out this box. And I know we're in tough times now, but start going to meetings and hanging around other inspired whatever. If you want to be the best hairdresser in the world, Go to the best hair shows in the world. You know what I mean? And yeah. so start hanging around these people. And once you get that mindset change, you become a little odd to everybody else. And when you become odd to everybody else, you know, you're on the right path. Oh, that's because that's you're cruel. trying to accomplish what between one and 5% of people do. Mm-hmm. So the other 95, 98% of Americans are going to think that you're crazy. And that's where you're going down the right path.
0: You're heading out the door and your wife says, where are you going, hun?" I'm going to a place where people are going to think I'm crazy. <laughs> there you go.
1: And that's when you're <laughs> heading in the right pathway because you got to do something different.
0: Yeah. All right. So you, you start finding these properties. And when you sold your first one, you made 14K.
1: How did you find that person to sell it to that investor? Facebook Marketplace. Now, mm-hmm. I've, obviously, I have developed my tactics since then. But yeah, I didn't know anybody. I didn't really know real estate investors. I didn't know any flippers. The only flippers I knew was Chip and Joanna Gain, And they weren't buying in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Yeah you know, and so I put it on Facebook marketplace, and within hours, I had phone calls and people visiting, and I knew I had something. And then a few hours later, I had a lady call me, said her husband and her just finished the flip, and next thing, you know, by the weekend, by Sunday, they said they wanted it. Monday we signed the paperwork. By Monday evening, it was at the attorney's office, and within seven days we closed after that. And it was just to, to somebody that has a negative bank account and you're holding a 14000 dollars check, feels like you just hit the powerball yeah! Oh, I, I never looked back. I never looked back from that day.
0: But there's things though. I mean, so let's say that I'm driving around. I've never done mm-hmm. this before. And I find one of these houses. How do you go about, would you recommend somebody approach that, that seller so, you, so that you don't scare them off? Or maybe there's other people out there that I'm competing with. Is there a way mm-hmm.
1: to cut through the noise and, and get them on the line? You know, listen, in any business you get into, there's going to be competition. And competition is good because it validates something that you're doing. And so I, the people like to put out tactics and things like that. And I think at the end, there are some tactics, but the reality is have a genuine conversation with another human. It's real simple. Hey, I'm driving in your neighborhood. I see that you have a house. I think you own this house. And if you can't find the person, ask the neighbors on either side. Knock on the door itself. I mean, I found a lot of people that couldn't be found by the neighbors knowing. And you, you just have, listen, I'm interested in purchasing this house. Are you interested in selling it? And if they say yes, then have a just genuine conversation. Well, you know, when's the last time you lived there? You know, was it a rental property? Oh, it was. What happened? What were they paying? What were the tenants like? Like, if you could fix this house up, what would you do to it? And it's just a real genuine conversation. I've had people sell me their house and I've not been the highest offer. And it's just because I, I was real with them. And here's, a, here's another tip. If you're new, tell them you're new. I know that sounds counterproductive. Say, Hey, look, I got, I got a little bit of money. I want to get into my first flip. So if you can, if you can help me, if you can sell me your home, if if you're interested in selling, I'd be, it'd be cool if I could flip this house first. And then you'd be surprised. Many, the human instinct is to help people naturally. It's to help people. And so you might have this guy that comes in a suit and tie buttoned up. Yeah. We own 140 houses in neighborhood. they're going to sell it to you because their natural is, well, I can help this person out. And this person may not be my highest offer, but I feel great helping this person. And that's just who we are as humans. There's some bad ones, but majority of us are great people.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've been there before selling a truck a couple of years ago. And I, I met with this family, young family, he's in the military, just got stationed here in Washington and McCord. And I sold him the truck for a couple thousand dollars under what it I could have sold it for. And while we're sitting there doing the deal, a physician pulls up in a Porsche. He goes, man! I'll give you ten thousand dollars cash for that thing right now. More than what he's paying you. It's like not interested. Not inter- I'd rather help this guy. Exactly. And and, <laughs> and and at the time, you know, when I when I did it, you feel good about that—that that you're able to help somebody like that. And like you said, that comes through. And a lot of people want to do that. And what I noticed when I first started watching and following your videos on YouTube. Was those conversations you would take people through, where you have those students you know in your office there, and you would get on the phone with people, and the way you would talk to them, it was so different than what I'd seen before from other people who talk about wholesaling. It's just a different approach that I think cuts through that noise, and I'm glad you said that because I think that's the greatest stumbling block for people in trying to connect and figure out a way that they can make, you know make money at this? Because I'm sure you've got the same things I get all the time. Hey, I see you own a property here. Uh, I'm an investor. I want to buy that. Would you be willing to sell me the property? And it just, it seems too robotic. It's not.
1: It's very robotic. Yeah. You know, some of my best salespeople have lived in Winston-Salem for 20 plus years. They know the principal at this place. They know the lady who serves at breakfast at this place. And they're just down to earth, genuine people. And my best salespeople just have conversations with people. And if the conversation goes and where we can help each other, we do it. And even if I can help you and not profit from it, I'm okay. You know, I've, I've, we, in this time, we've helped people get rental assistance. We've helped landlords get their, yeah, the, yeah I, mean, I understand you don't want to sell, but you said you're three months behind. How are you going to make this happen? Oh, well, there's a program with our city that if you get your tenant to submit an application and you do this, then they'll pay the back rent. And then you don't need me. And so that is just, and that's karma and it goes around in circles, but you know, this is a good business. It's a simple business. It's not easy, you know, in a sense that you're going to have to put in the work, but I promise you that if you put this work in early in this business, you're unlimited when it comes to real estate. And so I've done everything from finding single family to empty to now I I know how to get entitlements on a development deal and, and, you know, put $200,000 in due diligence in order to you know, sell something for a lot more money. And so that all just came from learning how to flip a small home on a piece of paper all the way to the point where I can build you know, 64 apartments. You know? and, and so you just gotta put in the work and it's real simple. Now, where, wherever you wanna be in real estate, I think the journey starts here. And Clint, I'm for sure you have people from all walks of life come to you and I do too. And I tell the same guy that comes to me with a quarter million dollars to the same guy that comes to me with a quarter. If you start here and you get obsessed with this, you're going to go a long way. I don't care if you have no money or all the money in the world. You got to learn how to identify a deal. And so, like you and your partner, you buy deals and wins and sell them. But if I bring you something that's not good, you're not going to buy it. Mm-hmm. And so you know how to identify a good deal. I know how to identify a great deal. And it all makes sense for everybody. So if somebody,
0: you know, is is driving around, are there some red flags they should look out for when they're getting started in wholesaling?
1: I wouldn't say there's many red flags. I mean, you're you're just really going to go after something that you have tried to ignore for a long time. And that's the house that looks a certain way and the grass a certain way. But this is a numbers game. I know I get real excited speaking about this, but you're going to have to talk to many people. You're going to get many no's and you're going to get a few yeses that may convert into you actually buying their home. But, you know, the strategy is it's real simple. Once you talk to a person and once you guys can agree on what was a price, and there's videos out there that says, hey, this is how you evaluate what a good deal is. And a lot of people get hung up on the repair costs because you know it's different. What would it change costs for you in Washington to fix a bathroom is different here in North Carolina. And so don't get caught up on a lot of stuff. What I, what I would say is, even though you're becoming obsessed with the new topic, move fast, move in the right direction, and you're gonna make mistakes. But once you identify that house identify the owner, you have a conversation, you agree on a price, you write a contract. That contract is then assignable to somebody else. And so my team may get it on the contract at X and it's worth this amount. And I assign my rights to this contract to Clint and his team. And they go in there cleaned up, do what it do. they keep it or they turn around and flip it. And so you guys do a lot of buy and hold, So those are even better. Those are even better people because they're willing to spend a little bit more money to get it done. And so it's a real simple process. It's not going to be the easiest thing you've ever done, but it's worth it.
0: When you talk about, you know, you get it under contract, you assign it over those types of forms, those documents, you know, a lot of attorneys don't know anything about them. What do you tell people? Where would they need to go to find those basic tools so that, hey, if I, if I've got an interested seller, then -hmm. it's like, what the hell do I do now? Yeah.
1: And so I. I try to shy away from giving as far as like contracts out. And what I say is, here's a template that you may need to take to somebody in your area who's, who's, who knows this knows this uh, in type of investing can craft something. But what I typically tell somebody is, look, find somebody local in your area that's already doing this, that is already working with attorneys that are real estate investors and wholesalers and ask them for their contract. Can I get a copy of your contract? So that when I get something under contract and I send it to you, you you know it's legit because I used your paperwork. Use your local title companies or use the local title attorneys that work with wholesalers and ask them if they have a, a a version of a contract they would be comfortable closing in their office. And that solves all the problem because attorneys make money and title companies make money closing your deals. And so those contracts they feel comfortable using, they would love to give them to you because it costs them nothing. They already got it made.
0: And that's what astounds me. I get so many calls from clients or future clients. Hey, what do I need to to bring to the title company or how do they need to look? I'm like, have you just call them and ask them? And then if they say they want X, Y, and Z, give them X, Y, and Z. And that's it. Don't give them A, B, and C.
1: Right. And typically they They will give it to you to give it back to them.
0: Yeah, that's right. (laughs) So, you know, you've trained thousands of people on how to wholesale. And so if I was someone who was interested in learning more, I mean, other than your YouTube channel, which like I said, you give it all away for free. Yeah. Where should someone go if they wanted
1: to engage with you? You know, so a good buddy of mine uh, who's been in this business for 12 years, his name is Nazer. He's in the Charlotte market and he's been wholesaling for a while and he inspired me to keep, start keeping rentals. And, and as I visited him one day and he had it, he was getting his triplex ready for remodel for re-rent. And I was like, man, I'm the wholesaling guy. And I'm wholesaling a lot of properties, but I wasn't keeping any. And so I, his inspiration of showing me his rental portfolio allowed me to start keeping some. So about a year ago, him and I decided to put together a training course because some people need structure in order to learn. They need instruction. They need a step-by-step guide. And some people that could watch my YouTube videos, thousands of them has messaged me and said, I, I know you don't know me. I watched your videos and I took your steps and I made some money. And so I love that. That's great. And so we put together a course and it's on, it's Max and Nas, which is Max, A-N-D and dot com. So com, And then you can go there, sign up for our, our course. It's like $500. But what's cool is more than like, and, and it's $500 is nothing. Like we have fun yeah. doing it. It's more of a community. There's like a thousand people in there. We meet weekly on Zooms. We have a special Facebook group. And it's just like, it's fun because not only am I teaching my students, my students are doing so well that I'm buying deals from them. And it's just like, for me, it's rewarding more than the 500 bucks. I'm like, cool. I just bought another rental property. They make some money. I get to add something to my portfolio. And so it's just like a community of people. And we got people all across the country who are in this group. And it's it's just gonna it's just fun. It's something that just helps me pass time by.
0: Yeah. And I mean, people are, you. we were just talking about where do you find agreements and, and things like mm-hmm. that? Well, joining a group like this. It's all in there. Yeah. You're going to be exposed to other people too, in your area. You know, something that's interesting. I've seen, I've been following
1: you lately. You've been getting involved in Ghana. You mind telling us a little bit about that? You know, Clint, I'm a student of the game and I'm always trying to expand. I feel like once you start to get comfortable, you got to shift some things and, and get uncomfortable. And so I'm comfortable being uncomfortable. So I started visiting Ghana with Nas. I went to Ghana with Nas this year and we went for like a vacation. And I end up in a, in a real estate investing, two-day investing with, you know, Daspor and all these people. And then I started getting interested. And I said, look, I can build some projects here. And then I went home. The next month, I was back in Ghana. And so Ghana is a real cool, it's like the Western gateway to Africa. And it's, it's a real cool country in, in period. And uh, we were staying in the city of Accra. And so I'm interested in doing some affordable housing in Ghana and because their credit system is young, their mortgage system is young. And so there is a need for affordable housing for people. And the cool thing about going to Ghana and most of your, your other countries like that is you see, it's like if you go there and you, were in, and you were in business in the United States and you go there, you say, I've seen this movie before. I know what's about to happen next. Let me get ahead of it. And so I know that we have a housing shortage crisis ourselves when it comes to affordability. And I know Ghana is in the same pathway and it's going to be even worse. Um, so I'm like, hey, look, let's let's start a development team here. Let's get some development going. So we're working on a, a small 10-unit project right now. And once that's finished and I get my feet wet there and I start to learn more about how it works, you know, and then we're going to do something bigger and better and just even more and more. So I, I'm probably going to be going to Ghana next month again and probably stay for a month or so. And then, you know, we'll keep going. And this is just a, just a learning process. I'm having fun doing it, Clint.
0: Yeah, it keeps, you know, you always got to find those things that yeah. keep you motivated.
1: Absolutely. To want to do more. Hey,
0: man, this has been great. I, I really, truly appreciate you, you coming on. You're just such a breath of fresh air. And and for anybody that, you know, that's watching this, you really have to check out his stuff. I cannot attest enough of how phenomenal his education is on his YouTube channel. Go to his website, subscribe. I mean, it's only going to help you with your investing. If you know people that want to get started in real estate, give them his information. Get there and and start educating yourself. Hey, Max, is there anything else you want to leave with with the uh, viewers before we go?
1: I'll say this, you know, Clint. As I started to climb the ladder, your name came up a lot and a lot more. So you're you're a legend in the real estate game and the the you know that all of that. So you know, kudos for you and thanks for putting out the content you do as well too and educating the people and you know, your guys always come into our masterminds to to help us, you know, keep growing. So I'm just saying appreciate you and I appreciate everybody watching. Thanks, Max. Absolutely, thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Show notes for links to everything mentioned in this episode can be found on our website at andersonadvisors.com slash podcast. Be sure you subscribe to our podcast. And if you are already a subscriber, please provide us a review of what you thought of this episode.